And it's a wonderful privilege to be back with Lel Shishi. We haven't learned in a number of weeks for various reasons. There was Hanukkah, there was post Hanukkah, there was the Aleinu conference last week for Jewish Futurist Hevra. And so it's just a privilege to be back here preparing for Shabbos together, the Panemius. It's very special for me, I think for all of us to have my Chami Mairi, my Shver, my father in law here with us. Yes, all heads turn to the back. That's where he likes to be. And I'm going to try to string together a few coherent sentences in his, in his honor. Okay, so let's, let's jump into the content that we have tonight, this text from Rev Kluger, who, like we mentioned with some of the Chavras, a mashpia in Beit Shemesh, who is a bit of an interesting story. He started off, I think, Ger, or one of the other Hasidus, and got super into Chabad for a couple of years, and then in Uman announced that he's becoming Breslov, and half of the Kila left, and he attracted another half of a different Kila. Now he's just a wondrous blend of things. And his Sfarim are very, very unique, super popular and very unique. And they are a very special blend of Nigla, as we're going to see, Halachas, Gemaras, Shitas and Paiskim, and then using that as a foundation to understand the Nyan and Bipnimius, the Neshama of Torah, beyond the surface, that ultimately leave us with a tremendous blend, a wondrous blend of things that I find to be very stimulating intellectually, but also spiritually, emotionally, to help us prepare for Shabbos Ba'omek, which is our ultimate goal, Vesiyatar Shmai with the help of Hashem. So, Let's jump into it. We're continuing our phase of the series, which we're up to, which is dealing with Hadlakas Ner Shabbos. With the Indian of lighting Shabbos candles, we had two shirim, and it's so far the last year was over Hanukkah, where we contrasted the energy of the menorah candles with the candles of Shabbos. We spoke about that, Alpipnimius. And now let's take a look at the Tzaddik's teaching over here. So we're going to try to go through it. It's a little bit lengthy. We'll try to go through it with a good pace so that we can see it till the end, see it through, and uh, hopefully we'll have time at the end for discussion and any insights that anybody has in the style of the Chabura that we try to, that we try to maintain with Hashem's help. Okay, so let's jump in. It begins with a segment that's entitled that if a person is found in a place where there is already light, he is Pater he does not need to light Shabbos candles. Apidin. There's no chiv. Isa be Gemara, he says, it's brought in the Gemara in Shabbos, Hadlakas ner be Shabbos choiva. The Gemara says that lighting Shabbos candles is a chiv, is an obligation. And the Heilig Atoisvis writes, where does this chiv come from? How do we know it's obligatory for one to light or have lit in the house or the place where he's staying, as we're going to see, Shabbos candles? And he brings, she is said chiv hadlaka humidivriya mishnah. We find already in the Mishnah roots for this kind of obligation to go ahead and to light Shabbos candles in our house. That was the first shear. Some of the Chavah remember, we talked about Kavod and Oineg in our Hashulchan and the Griz. We talked about Asir and Rambam. We had a whole uh, exploration of what exactly is Shabbos candles. What category do they fall under? Is it Kavod Shabbos? Is it honoring Shabbos? Is it Oneg Shabbos, the, the, the delight of Shabbos? And we had a, a whole exploration of that. And so he says over here that ultimately it's rooted in the Mishnah. And the Mishnah says, There are three things that women would ultimately pass away during child labor, during, during childbirth, during labor, 
bringing children into the world for three reasons. Al she'ena nisharis, because they were not zihiris, careful enough, benida, bechalo, uvadlakas haner, these three mitzvahs that are specific to women. It's interesting, I saw once, I believe it's from the, either the Chazin Ish or one of the later Achreinim. I saw that he writes in response to a question that asked, like, why don't you see that so many of the things that the Gemara talks about happening for this reason or another reason, they don't really happen. There are plenty of women that aren't careful with lighting Shabbos candles. They don't die in childbirth. And there are many women that are, you know, and, and, and different things happen to them. And the answer that he gave, which is pretty interesting, was to say that it used to be at a time where there was less hiddenness on the part of Hashem, when there was less concealment, we were able to see these things, Mamash, they happened. He says, we are not zochet to this. He says, it's an extra level of concealment that we don't even see the punishment, so to speak, uh, uh, taking place, because that might also strengthen our muna in a way that maybe we're not zochet to. So we live in darkness, that's our state. We live in a tremendous state of concealment that even this we don't see. But Al-Kopanim, we see in the Mishnah that there's a pretty strong, it's pretty serious, obviously, if it's a life or death issue, it must be, says Taisus, achiv, it must be obligatory. That the Mishnah would go so far as to say that this could be a cause for a person dying if they're not careful in doing this, it has to be obligatory. counts this among the seven mitzvos derabanan, which added to the 613 mitzvahs, D'Araisa equal, of course, 620, which is Gematria Keser, which is Keser Yitnu Lecha, Kodesh Baruch, who gave us the crowns by Harsinai, crown is Gematria 620, 613, plus the seven mitzvahs, D'Araban, and this is among them. So now he says, fine, there's a chiv, it's obligatory, we know from the Gemara, we see a source from the Mishnah, but if a Tamli going into Shabbos. Because for Rishonim, he says, he brings from the Rishonim, the Gemara implies that it's because of this concept of Shalom bias. Peace in the house. Peace. There should be close relationships among the family members on Shabbos. And he develops this from the Gemara that says also in Shabbos, Ner Adif. That if you had the choice to either spend money on candles for Shabbos, or to spend money on Kiddush, Ner Shabbos comes first, even before Kiddush. Amazing thing. Kiddush is how we sanctify the day. Kiddush is, we're Mekadeh Shabbos with Kiddush. He says, Shabbos candles go first. Uperish Rashi. And Rashi comments on these words of the Gemara that answer, why is this? Mishum Shalom Beisai. Because Neira Shabbos have this special union of Shalom Bayis. They bring peace in the house. Rashi says, Rashi explains, what does this mean? That candles add to the peace that we're able to have in the house, that spirit of serenity on Shabbos, who perish Rashi. So that people shouldn't experience the pain of having to sit in a dark room where you can't see anything. And he says, People are going to walk, they're going to trip over things, they're going to bang into tables, they're going to bang into each other, they're going to cause each other to spill the chicken soup all over the place, he's going to be fighting. That's not the spirit of Shabbos. Shabbos, we need art. We need light. We need the room to be lit up with an illumination that can encourage and, and make a space for serenity, for peace, which in a very deep way means where we can see each other, where we can interact in a way that you're not bumping into me, I'm not bumping into you. There's space for each of us. There's clarity. Isn't this what Shabbos is? Shabbos is all about understanding our place in the world. 
Shabbos is the tachlis ma'aseh shemayim va'aretz. It's the ultimate pinnacle of the reason that Hashem created the world in the first place. It's the purpose for all of this. And if I have a purpose on Shabbos, then I have a place and you have a place. And we can't have on Shabbos uh, darkness and confusion. Shabbos is the opposite of this. So we need on Shabbos, just on a practical level, that the house should be filled with light because light is the great unifier. Light enables us to see and we can get along and we can make sure that we're not chas v'shalem, interacting in such a way that's going to disturb the stillness of Shabbos. Like the Zohar Kaddish says, The Pasuk tells us we can't light a fire on Shabbos, which the derivative of which, of course, is electricity and so on. But the Zohar says, you know what it means? The Torah says, don't light a fire on Shabbos. He says, fire is anger. He says, make sure, do not kindle the fire of anger on Shabbos. And there are ample opportunities. If a person has a certain consciousness, you want your Shabbos to be able to look a certain way, and you want to be able to have it this way and this way, the most important thing, no anger on Shabbos. That's what the Zohar says. Lo sevar eish v'chol Shabbos. On Shabbos, it has to be ragua. It has to be calm. It has to be calm. Anger comes from the place of wanting things to be a certain way. And if they're not, then the misalignment with my ideal vision of reality and the way that things are actually playing out causes me to become, become angry. Right? That's what anger means. And Shabbos is the hebuch of that. Shabbos is, Chazal tell us, ki'ilu kal melachtecha asuya. Everything's done already. There's nothing else to do. Just be. Just be. Be a human being not a human doing, which we so often are during the six days of the week. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing. Shabbos is not about that. Even the, ch- the Hasidic masters teach, the tzaddikim teach, even Baruchni, spiritually speaking, when we come into Shabbos, it's not about striving. It's not about trying to get to a place that's beyond my current level. It's about literally feeling I have a shining essence inside of me that's already enough. And if we can tap into that on Shabbos and just be, and delight in that. Us to Sanagal Hashem. That's the Oinig of Shabbos. And then we go back into the week. We have to strive again. But in Shabbos, it's supposed to be still. No anger. No feeling of dissonance between what I want to be and what is. What is, is what I want to be. And what I want to be already is. And that's the Indian of Shabbos needing Shalim. Shabbos needing a setting where we can see each other. We understand you have a purpose. I have a purpose. We're working together toward the ultimate purpose of the world, which we're able to taste. So here he asks Akasha, which is pretty strong. And he says, what is going on with Shabbos candles? Think of it. On one hand, on the one hand, it appears to be an obligation on the person, right? Meaning I have an obligation to light Shabbos candles. Now, it doesn't fall on me. In my current situation, it falls on my wife. Why? He brings Isha. The obligation falls on the woman to light Shabbos candles. As it says in Shulchan Aruch, and as Zerah Kaddish has another few takes actually on why the woman Dafka is lighting Shabbos candles. But it says in Shulchan Aruch, Kadima. This is her place. This is her setting. They are the ones that are commanded to go ahead and to light the Shabbos candles for the house. Because that's their, they're there. This is her domain. And so, this is her tchum, the chiv is on the isha, to light Shabbos candles coming into Shabbos. That's on one hand. On the one hand, it seems like what's called in halacha, a chiv gavra. It's an obligation on, on her, right? on us, on the, on, the, on the ish, on the person. 
But umitzad sheni, on the other side of the coin, hu al abayas. It's not obligatory on the person. It's obligatory for the house to be lit, not for the person to be lighting. Where does he prove this from? If you have a person who, the wife or the mother or whoever's in charge of lighting the candles in that particular household already lit the candles. The comes home from, you know, from work on, on late Friday, comes into the house and he sees Shabbos candles are lit, right? You can light even, even earlier. It has to be after a certain period of time. So it's close enough to Shabbos. It goes back to our first year because that's the covet of Shabbos. And then the Oine kicks in. The house is full of light. That's it. it. It's lit. So what's the chiv? Is the chiv that I need to light or is the chiv that the house has to have light? In which case it has nothing to do with any obligation on the individual himself. And he proves this from the Shulchan Aruch, which says that if a person is, by, is with his wife in the house, he does not need to light Shabbos candles in his room and to make a bracha on it. Because his wife already made a bracha and she already lit and that's it. The house is already lit up. We're obviously talking about a circumstance in a situation where there already is light because if there was no light, then he, talk, he has the light. But if it's in a place where there's light and his wife already lit, that's it. It doesn't concern him at all as an individual to be involved in lighting this act of lighting Shabbos candles. That's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to ensure that we have light in the house on Shabbos. And all the while that that's been done, there's no chiv gavra on the, on the person. Nifter mechiv gavra shalei lakas ishe. So his wife lit, and now he doesn't need to light. But wait a second, we found that it is obligatory on her to light. So he says over here, lechayre in a muvan. He says there's a problem here. Because look at the Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch. Let's read it again. Mishahu Eitzel Ishtai. If a person is in the house with his wife, He does not need to light in his room and to make a brach on it. Why? And here he doesn't say because there's already light, which the Achreinim say that it's talking about a case where it's lit. He could very easily say that and we'd understand it, of course. Because our job is to make sure that on Shabbos there's light. Now, that doesn't happen on its own. Someone needs to do that. Okay, so the Isha lights Shabbos candles. Now, the Shulchan Aruch could easily say he's putter from the Chiv of lighting. Why? Because there's already light in the house, but it doesn't say that. Look at what it says. Because she made the bracha for him. I don't understand. She made the bracha for him. So he does have a Chiv, and if he did have a Chiv, where do we find in halacha such a thing? That someone could be yoytze someone else without that person being there, without that person having intentionality to have been yoytze by that person? What's going on? And here he asks this question, he says, it seems to be challenging to understand. What's the purpose of the mitzvah? We already said there should be light in the house. That's the mitzvah. That's the reason for the mitzvah. The imkain Therefore, again, even if his wife didn't have it in mind, and even if she didn't light for him, he has no chiv, there's light in the house. And again, if their taka is some level of obligation on this individual now to light, so then my yoyal ma'ashem alikana love. So what does it help that she already lit? It's his chiv. So how do we understand this? 
Is the lighting of Shabbos candles a chi of gavra, or is it a chi of chefza on the uvda, on the situation and the circumstance that there is to be light in the house? Which is it? He goes into another area of halacha in Hilchas Neiris Shabbos. He says, another question we can ask with Takana Zu regarding this Takana of lighting Shabbos candles. We find in the Paiskin, turn over the page, Kufmem Dalit. We find in the Paiskin, in the halachic literature, that, that there's a chiluk, there's a distinction between Ner Shabbos and Ner Yantar. There's a distinction between these two kinds of Shabbos, uh, these, these two kinds of lighting in honor of what is to be, whether it's Shabbos or Yantiv. A distinction. What is the distinction? There are a number of them. Rashi's call. First of all, he says shitas rishonim. There's a shita in the rishonim shadlaka saner be'arav yantav einachiv that there's absolutely no chiv of lighting at all. Yantav candles, which of course we don't paskin like, but that's what they learn that there's no lighting at all. Ulachayre in a muvan, and he says even if it's not obligatory, but we do it. Still, why not? Why is yantav any different than? Shabbos. Presumably on Yantiv we don't either want it to be dark, and presumably on Yantiv there are plenty of bowls of chicken soup or any other kind of soup that we don't want spilled. Why should Yantiv be different than Shabbos? If it's because of Shalom Bayis, like Rashi tells us, you should eat the soup in a place where there's light, why wouldn't that apply to Yantiv as well? Why only Shabbos? Why should there be a distinction between Shabbos and Yantiv? And in the brackets he writes, this is even more challenging. When we see this through the lens of Rashi, where Rashi says in the Gemara in Shabbos, that the main thing is not even stumbling around and falling over each other in, the, in, in different rooms. The main thing is the eating. The main thing is the suuda that you should eat in the place where there's light. And this is sourced in the Gemara in Yuma, where the Gemara says that the only completion of eating a suuda, and all of us have experienced this, it's a very different experience when the lights are, when it's pitch black and you're eating, when you can see the steak. I mean, it, you know, the seeing it is, is really part of the experience. So the Gemara in Yuma says there's no shlemus for eating a suuda if it's dark. So Rashi says the ikr of having Neirah Shabbos, light in the room on Shabbos, is for what? For the su'uda. Shemadlik or, you light a candle, or you turn on the lights. You can see the food. And that's what the Gemara says in a different place. Blind people have, never have sovea. They're never completely satisfied. Because an element of eating is not just the taste and the chewing and the satiation in the stomach. It's, it's seeing the food. That's a big part of it. Umavur See, he says, well, in accordance with this, it seems that the lighting of Shabbos candles is for what purpose they should enjoy the su'uda. That's what Rashi is telling us. That's the ultimate purpose of Shabbos candles, even more than this that we're bumping into each other, anything like this. It's the su'uda that we want to illuminate. That the suda of Shabbos should be in its full completion. He says, well then, why on Yantiv is it going to be any less? On the contrary. This reason should apply on Yantiv even more than it does on Shabbos. Why? Because on Yantiv there's a mitzvah. A mitzvah diaraisa. And where's the simcha? Says the Gemara. In simcha ela. Bebasar v'yayim. That means that the primary simchas hayoyim, even more than Shabbos in a way, Shabbos din from, from the Nevi'im of Oinik Shabbos, right? 
But this is Mamaja Mitzvah Sasidi Araisa. When does that take place by the Su'uda? How are you going to tell me that it's more important to light candles on Shabbos so that the Su'uda should be enjoyable, ignoring the fact that on Yantiv the main mitzvah, the Araisa, is the eating, and we seem not to care about there being light in the room? How could this be? Kenifsa Rambam is the Rambam Paskins in Ochashis Yantiv, Va'anoshim Oichlim Basar, Yayin, right? That we're entitled and we're expected to eat proper food, Basar, and Yayin. Anyantiv, she'ain simcha, like we just quoted, ela babasa ve'ain simcha, ela biyayin. That's another question, right? The chilik between the chiv vis-a-vis Shabbos and vis-a-vis yantiv. Why is there a distinction between them? Why should the lighting of candles, if it's about shalom bayis, be any less or any different by yantiv than it is by Shabbos? And he ends this particular segment before we get into the answers. With one final point about the chilik between Shabbos and yantiv that has to do with Kabbalah Shabbos. With Shabbos coming in, the moment that the person goes ahead and lights Shabbos candles, which we know that's when our wives, that's when our mothers, right? That's when Jewish women bring in Shabbos. And he's gonna say that there's a distinction between what goes on by Shabbos when we light those candles and what goes on by Yantif. Oyir Matsinu, he says, Bedini Arab Shabbos, we find that there's also a distinction between the lighting of the candles on Arab Shabbos and lighting candles erev yantiv. Shemaisa ha'hadlaka eitzale ishahi ka'aniyaz baruchi amiraz ba'ichala eitzale ish. What our Kabbalah Shabbos is Friday night in shul, when we say baruchu, or when we're Makabal Shabbos, different shitas, and that's when it's Shabbos for us, l'chaladeyas. Lighting Shabbos candles for the isha accomplishes the same thing. Effectively, what she means to say is, right now I am being Makabal Shabbos upon myself. After she lights, done, finished. It's Shabbos now. She can't do any malacha anymore. That's how we paskin. From that moment, Shabbos lechol inyan. But he says, We don't find the same thing applying by hadlakas neiras yantiv. We find, yes, that we paskin, like we mentioned, like the other Rishonim that hold there is a Chiv. That we have just as much an obligation, of course, all of our wives and mothers and Jewish women are lighting Neiris on Arab Yantiv, just like they light on Arab Shabbos, as all of us know, and we paskin this way. But he says, It's not completely the same. We already highlighted a couple of reasons why not. But he says, It's not the same, Shari. The Shabbos Hadlaka Kademis Labracha. On Shabbos, what does the woman do? She lights first, and then she makes the bracha. Ube Erev Yantiv Habracha Kademis. On Erev Yantiv, it's flipped. She makes the bracha first, and then she lights. Why? Well, let's put it this way. Why does the woman make the bracha? Why does the woman, I'm sorry, light first on Erev Shabbos and then make the bracha? Based on what we've been saying. Because if she would make the bracha first, what happens? She's Mechabal Shabbos and now she's not able to light anymore. Because like we said, by Shabbos, the lighting is the, the, the bracha and the act of going ahead and engaging in lighting Shabbos candles is Kabbalah Shabbos. Therefore, we have a minuk, 
and it developed into many other things. But halachically, the minig is that the isha covers her eyes, right? Or she's really supposed to either cover, cover the flame, right? Or to make sure that she's not seeing and having hana from the light, then she makes the bracha and then she uncovers her eyes. And it's as if, it's as if she had made the bracha before lighting, which is ordinarily when we make a bracha before doing a mitzvah, like putting on tefillin or wearing tzitzis or shaking lulav, all the, oh, that's an interesting one actually with the esrik. But regular mitzvahs, we make the bracha when? Before the act. But over here, she can't. Because if she made the bracha, she can't light anymore because it's Shabbos. So we figured out some way where she lights, covers her eyes, makes the bracha, uncovers her eyes, and that's ke'en oivalasiyasan. But by Yantav, you don't find that. Why? Because by Yantav, she's not being mekabal Yantav when she lights. There's no such thing. Ke'en mekablin Yantav, bad laka. Kairach is a Meshavur Hashem. He says, take a look at the Meshavur there. V'chein ain't sarich. And therefore, like I just mentioned, she does not effectively need, they still do, but they don't really halachically need to cover their eyes when they're lighting candles are Yantav. Because halachically, that particular reason doesn't apply. They don't need to put their hands over their eyes. As is the minog by lighting Shabbos candles. The reason, like we just explained, that they would do this, and they do do this on Shabbos, is that in some way it should be as if she's making the bracha before doing the mitzvah, even though again she already did the mitzvah. Covering her eyes, she's not seeing it, opens her eyes, okay, it's as if now she lit, right? So in some way it's Ovelasiyasa. Because she's lighting before she's making the bracha, and therefore we need to do this to cover her eyes. But he says, But just like on Chanukah, where the lighting is after the bracha, we make the brachas first and then we light. We're actually been talking about that too. But most of us paskin that we light after we make the bracha, like any other mitzvah where you make the bracha first and then you do the maisa, that's what we do by the lighting of the neiris of Yantif. And he says, therefore, ain't makam there's no makam for this because it's already And finally, again, this question of the chayre ain't muvan, how are we to understand this Indian of Shabbos candles? If it's all about the shalom bias that R brings into a house, we said it should theoretically apply for Yantiv and even more by Yantiv because, like we said, the Suda of Yantiv is a mitzvah Sadiya and the Ikar R is for the Suda, it should apply by Yantiv. And more than that, why should the Neiris of Shabbos be any more emblematic of our accepting upon ourselves Shabbos, bringing Shabbos in, than it is by Yantiv? If lighting these candles is an expression of the, of the holiness of this day, there's no logical reason that Yantiv should be any different than Shabbos in this regard. This is his presentation of Yalacha. Okay, and now we launch. And now he goes into the Chela Kapanimius of it. Slowly, step by step, is Yat Or HaShabbos. The light of Shabbos. And if you're not referring to the light that the candle brings physically to the house, he's speaking about the R of Shabbos, what Shabbos is, this illumination of Shabbos. Well, Yashiv calls that, he says, let's try to understand the unique nature of Shabbos candles. Navi Medivriya Gemara, he says, we'll bring from the Gemara also in Shabbos, Lamedalad, Amid Aleph, Hadivriya Mishnah, that the Mishnah tells us, Shloisha Dvarim Sarach Adam Loimer Besech Besei Erev Shabbos Im There are three things that a person needs to ask in his household.
before Shabbos that the man of the house needs to ask to check to make sure that these three things were done. Iraftem, or rather, Isartem first, Iraftem, and Alikwas Haner. Did you take Meiser, did you set up an Erev, and did you light the candles? These three things that we need to say before Shabbos. Where do we learn this from? And they bring, they bring this, or oh, before that, all right, Vehiksha, and the Gemara asks, Minohanimili, where do we know that these three things we need to ask? The Toimar or Vatiris, the Gemara answers, Amra Bishub and Levi, Amar Kra. He brings a Pasuk in Eoiv. The Pasuk says, Viadata Kishalom Ayalecha, you shall know that there's peace in your tent. Ufakadata Navach Balaisechte. Which on a literal level, if you look in Rashi, there means, and you shall command upon your household, Balaisechta, and there shall be no sin there. But the other Mafarshim learned that Navach is a reference to one's wife. And so means that there are certain things that the husband is required to guide his wife and direct her, make sure that she's careful about these things. So you shouldn't come to be in a situation of sin where something's missing on Shabbos. What are the three things that the woman needs to take care of? The lighting of the Shabbos candles, the taking miser, the making of the Erev, that's her tchum. And so we find the Gemara says we need to check Erev Shabbos by the wives that they're taking care of these three things. Upeir Shabbin Hananel, Rabbi Hananel says, Minolan de Tzarech, he explains the Gemara, Minolan de Tzarech, Hadlakas Ner B'Shabbos. How do you find that there needs to be Hadlakas Ner on Shabbos? And he brings this Pasuk. So he brings this Pasuk for more than just you need to make sure that she's doing it. That's, that's what the Gemara brought it for, right? That it's bringing a source. How do you know that the husband has to say anything to his wife? Check by her anything before Shabbos. Okay, we have a pasuk of Navach. The way he phrases it is very different and it's very crucial to, to hear the difference in the way that he presents it because he doesn't ask, how do we know that the husband needs to check these things by his wife? He asks, whole different thing. He finds in this pasuk a source that we need to have Shabbos candles at all. And that's a whole different ballgame. Shenemar, as the Pasik says, he brings this verse, Viadata Kishalon Ayalecha, you shall know that there's peace in your tent. And he brings Vein Shalom Elabar. And there's no peace without light. Shenemar, as the Pasik says, Vayar Elikimasa'ar Kitoy. And Akadosh Baruch Hu saw that the light was good. And so in these four lines of Rabbi Hananel, if you know how to read, it's unbelievable because you could gloss over this because usually Rabbi Hananel is just like bring the Gemara and different words, it's, you know, helps, helps you understand the flow. No. Rabbi Hananel does a, does a major work here. First of all, he sees in the Pasuk in Eiv a source for Hadlakas Neirah Shabbos. And the Pasuk in Eiv has the word Shalim in it. And he says, well, how does, what does Shalim have to do with candles? What does Shalim have to do with light? And here he brings a completely unrelated Pasuk about light that has the word toiv in it. What's the shaykhis? If he brought a, a Pasuk that had the word shalim and ar, that's one thing. But over here he brings a Pasuk that has the word shalim in it. That, I'm sorry, that has the word ar in it and the word tov in it. Good. What's the connection? He's obviously trying to communicate something to us about what nearest Shabbos are. That the peace that the light of the Shabbos candles are bringing into the home is not simply a pragmatic, technical piece 
that all of a sudden we can see each other. It's like I said before, on either a physical level, we don't bump into each other or hurt ourselves and it's not fighting and, 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 and Muriva, or that I see you have a place and I see I have a place and we can get along because we realize it's not about me or you, but it's about the tachlis, tachlis, maizishmai va'aretz. It's far more than that. It's the peace that's resultant from the R that a Kurdish Baruch who saw in Sheishis and Mebereshis and says, Vayarali Kitoyev. What do Chazal say on those words Kitoyev? You remember Rashi? What did, what did it mean? Hashem saw that the light was good. What was it good for? Says Rashi there in Chazal, it was Toyev Gnozai. It was good to hide. It was too good. It was too good for this world. The world couldn't, it wasn't ready to handle it yet. And the Kurdish Baruch who hid that light. So Rav Kluger is about to say that he sees in this Rav Hananel a whole different take on Neir Shabbos entirely that takes us out of the realm of the pragmatic halachic understanding of why we need candles in our home with all the intricacies. And he says, wait a second, there's something else here. And those candles that you see when you walk into your home are not simply even today, it's even more prevalent because Bechlal we have lights in our houses, right? Shabbos candles are more than just a zecher for the time when they needed this because this, you know, made sure that people didn't trip over each other. No. The Shabbos candles are bringing into our home the Aragonas, the light of Ayali Kimasa Araki Toiv. And that that light brings peace to the world. Shalom, like we say, Sim Shalom Toiv Avracha Vechule Vechule Kiba Ar Panecha Nasata Lanu Toira Schaim Avas Chesed. There's an aspect of Hashem's presence. Dafka, the face of Hashem. Contact with the divine. That's a different kind of peace. That's a different kind of getting along. That's a different experience of light that takes us out of the realm of the physical and into the realm of a completely different place where we're able to bask in the light that's hidden that's revealed once every seven days in the light of the Shabbos candles. And here he explains this all. Umavur, he says, let's see what Rabbi Hananel is telling us over here, an amazing thing. That, yeah, it's true. We said, well, what's the, okay, there's a chiv, right? And we learned this from the Mishnah and Taisus brought it and the Gemara says, this is where we learn the source that there's an obligation to light Shabbos candles because three things, chas v'shalom, a woman can, can pass away during childbirth. It's because not, not being careful of Shabbos candles, must, uh, Shabbos candles. It must be pretty important. Then he asked, well, what's the reason for it? Oh, well, the reason for it is shalom bayis. He says, that's, that's true and that's good. But now, what's the reason that this is even true in the first place? Why is it that light enables us to have peace? with each other. Meaning to say, it's true there's a physical reality that if it's dark, we trip over each other, right? And it's true that there's a, a physical reality that if you light candles all over the place, we can see, and you walk here, and I walk here, and we don't bump into each other. Problem avoided. We don't get angry. We have a peaceful, serene Shabbat. All this is true. But Panemius HaTorah doesn't deal with just the facts of reality as they are and needing to develop our understanding of them. And within this particular framework, we can figure out how to live and how to keep halacha. Panemius Hatara takes us one step further and it reminds us that if things are the way they are in the physical world, it's because things are the way they are in the spiritual world. And so there's a reason beyond the reason 
Meaning, again, on a physical gashmius level, there's a pragmatic reason called shalom bayis. You light a candle, darkness goes away, people are at peace. But where does this come from? Where does this whole model of the issue and the solution, darkness, fighting, light, peace, where, where's, the, where's the spiritual root for this? Why is this true? Why is this true that when there's a light, people are able to connect? We understand that from our lived experience of this world, but everything in the world around us has a, has a shoyrish, has a source in a seder of in the chain of creation. We see just a tiny, tiny, tiny little inch of, of, of Hashem's revelation, all the spiritual worlds beyond that are all packed into this world if we have the eyes to be able to see them like we've been speaking about in this year. So he wants to know what's the depth here? Why does this work? Umavur, let's look inside. That the deeper reason for the reason that Chazal gave of Shalom Bayis for lighting Shabbos candles, or Shivas Hayom, is because of Ayar Likimasa Arkitoyev. There's an Aragon, there's a Metsius of Aragonas in the world. There's a Metsius, there's a reality. Of Kiba'ar Panechanasatalanu. There's a, there's a reality of Hashem's presence being able to be sensed in great moments. That is the root of a true deep peace. That's not simply a technical peace where it's like a shared, like a, like a, like a social contract. You don't encroach on my border, I'm going to encroach on your border, you stay there, I'll stay here, ah, and we're at peace. That's not peace. That's not peace. That's just maybe not in a state of war. Peace is incredibly deep. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Chazal called Hashem as Hishkin Shalem. Hashem is the one of who Shalem Real peace? To really get in touch with another person. But Omek, not just in this technical way that we get along and we don't, we don't beat each other up. But Mamesh Ishvi Ishtoi Zacha if a husband and wife are lucky Shechina Shriya Beinehem not that they can live in the same house and they don't yell too much. What bonds them? What fills the space between them? What enables them to really lack eyes and hearts and, and spend time with each other, with serenity, with peace of mind, with true willingness to connect without a phone buzzing constantly, but mamish setting aside time to really deeply connect, like under the chuppah connect. That has to be a godly revelation. That has to be kibar panecha nasatalano toras chaim avas chesed stako bracha like we mentioned rachma v'chaim v'shalom baar panecha it's the aragonos it's the hidden light that Hashem says it's too good for this world this world is not ready to handle it we have to hide it but the chaver that are plugged into this kind of living we know where it is and we know how to reveal it and we know how to use this world as a vessel for coming into contact with a realm beyond. And we learn how to live in moments like the Piyasetzner Rebbe writes in Achshar Sabrechim. A Jew needs, like I mentioned Tuesday night, a Jew from time to time needs to fashion ladders that take them beyond. That take them into an experience of Ba'ar Panecha. To bask in the light of Hashem's presence. In the awareness that this moment is different than all the mo- other moments. This is different. Something, something's different. There's a light in the room. There's a light that enables us to bond. There's a light that enables us to be open, to be vulnerable, to be soulful, not to allow the goof, the body with all of the ego and all of what it 
brings along with it to get in the way. True connection, true connection. Where does it come from? The Aragonis. You see what he's doing here? On a physical level, true. You light a candle in a room, people don't fight too much. But he says, Baruchnias, something much deeper is going on. There's a Ruchnias Tam. There's a deeper reason for Shalom Bayez, which is the reason given by Chazal for the lighting of Shabbos candles. You know what that is? The Aragonis. The hidden light of Hashem's presence. The hidden light of Kipa Ar the hidden light of Ishvi Isha Zacha Shrina Shriya Very hard to put your finger on it. And a husband and wife can have a phenomenal relationship. They, on, on paper, everything could be just fine. But if they don't have moments, at least from time to time, of Shrina Shriya it's not real. It's not really Shalom Bayez. Shalom Bayez, like real connection. This isn't just true for husband and wives. This is true for friends. This is true for Chavrusas. Right, to be able to mamish connect for real. To be able to mamish sit with each other and really bond. And what, what it means to really bond is that all of a sudden it's not me as me with my name interacting with you as you with your name. It's not me as me looking the way I do interacting with you. It's mamish the moment where I realize I'm a soul and you're a soul. And can we finally just drop all the garbage and all the externality and to be completely open with one another because we're all we have. And if we don't have each other and if we can't link arms and journey along with one another along this very narrow bridge of life, we cannot make it at all. And that's a moment of shalom. That's shalom bias. And that's what's going on on Shabbos. And these neighbors Shabbos is far more than just there's light in the room. Shalom bias. We don't get angry at each other. Something deeper. Rabbi Nachananel is telling us it comes from the Ar Shivas Hayamim. The Nimsam we find Shenei Shabbos Loi Niskin Urak Bechdei Shaloi Yitzdar when he abides Bachayzer. That's not the reason that they were Niskan. That they were, it was a Takana. It's so important to have light in the house on Shabbos because people are tripping over each other. Now, come on, that's really the reason. I mean, okay, I understand. It's important. There's got to be something deeper about it. So he says the real reason of Pipnimis, this changes the way that you look at those holy lights, changes the way that I look. These past year, Mamish Friday night, I have an Avoida now. I take them much more seriously because I have a little bit of understanding of the depth of what's going on here. What is this light that's shining off of these candles? What is it? How can it bring me in touch with Ba'ar Panecha face to face with Hashem? To be conscious of Hashem's presence. To be conscious of the sanctity of that moment. Friday night coming home from shul, sitting around with family. How can I plug myself into that? How can I be at peace with myself that enables me to be at peace with others? Peace, shalom. Ragua, calm, not angry. How can I get there? So he says over here, the real reason is Elaliskais Hashem wanted to enable us to merit. points out this toiv, this this incredibly good light that was too good. That's not from this world. That's a heavenly revelation. That's a moment that's qualitatively different than every other moment. A moment where I can be real. A moment where I can be open. A moment where I can be me. A moment where I can be elevated. A moment where I can be essentially in touch with my truest identity. Where does that come from? The R, he says, of the Shiva Sameh 
and who are Arshin guns who are Kaddish Baruch Asid Lavoi. He says this is the light, like we mentioned, that a Kaddish Baruch hid from this world. It's not ordinarily experienced because we live all the time with this worldly eyes. And we're busy working and chores and obligations and family things and a million different issues that we're constantly running around, scatterbrained, dealing with because we are living in Olam Azeh. So very rarely do we get to really get in touch with this. Halavai, shachris minchamarv, halavai, that I should be able to feel a little taste even when I say kiba arpanech and simshalem, I should even know that I'm a davening, you know, I'm not like doing something else, right? I should be aware at least that I'm engaged in a holy thing, ideally. But it's very difficult, very difficult during the week to live in this way. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid it from this world. Who are guns HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When did he hide it for? La'asid lavai. For the world to come. It's a Olam Haba revelation. A revelation from the time period that we've spoken so much about in the Shirma, the Pasik tells us, Hashem kamayim When the earth will be filled with the perception of Hashem like water covers the sea. Where we can see the world not as concealing Hashem, but as revealing Him in the deepest way if we're consciously aware of it. That's the Araganas. It's the hidden light. It's beyond things. If we spend time to stop, to pause, and to focus on things. And to be a person that's calm, to be a person that's settled, to be a person that goes slowly through life, that walks through the park, not just with the intention of getting from one street to the next street, but to walk in nature and to stop frequently and to look at the plants and to be misboning on things and to be still and to experience in that stillness and in that silence the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is knocking all the time but we're far too loud the lives we live to hear it HaKadosh Baruch Hu is knocking all the time let me in not a matter of like I have to run after him and drag him into my life he's, he's here all the time he's knocking all day long every day the question is, like the Katsuka Rebbe said, where is God, wherever I let him in? Pischili, Hashem says, open for me. Hashem wants a relationship. Hashem is present. Hashem is there. He's knocking. And he says, open up. Open up. The light is hidden for this realm of Asad Lavi when all of humanity will be living on this level. Shenem Arboy, about which the Pasuk and Tilim says, Laila Kiyoyim Yatir. The night will be lit up like the day. The light will be lit up, the night rather will be lit up like the day. That's the hidden light, the Aragonas, where all darkness and all physicality and all concealment will be revealed as having been a vessel for us to contact HaKadosh Baruch Hu if we only know how to not give up. How to not give up searching, how to not give up reaching out to Him, how to not give up speaking to Him, how to not give up believing in the world, how to not give up believing in ourselves, how to not give up believing in each other. The Aragonas. So he says an amazing thing. We know that this world is six millennia, and then the next world is the seventh millennia, right? It's the Yemaisa Mashiach, Olam Haba, 6,000 worlds which are connected to the six days of the week, and then Shabbos. So he says in the same way, every time that we experience Shabbos at the end of the six weeks, it's a little taste of what? Of the, of the Elif Hashvi, of the seventh millennia of La'asid Lavai, of the time where it says, Laila Kiyoyim Ya'ir, of the time for which the Bayar Likimasa Arkitoif was hidden. Shabbos is a 60th Me'ain Olam Hava. 
So he says every week on Shabbos, if we're privileged enough to be conscious of it, which is the purpose of all these shirim, is to help us because you could keep Shabbos your whole life. And I could keep Shabbos my whole life and mamish not get in touch with what's happening on Shabbos, what's available for me on Shabbos. And the more that I learn about it, the more I'm aware of it, changes Shabbos, every aspect of it, the tefillahs and the meals and the, and the, 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 the concepts of Shabbos and the different times of Shabbos, which, all of which, Be'ez HaShem, we're going to explore in these shirim. With Hashem's help. Every Shabbos this is available. A little bit of a glimmer of this great light is shining on those two wicks, or those many wicks, but at least two wicks, Zachar and Shamar, of your Shabbos candles in your home. Whoever's lighting the Shabbos candles in your home. That's not just any light that happens to be important to light so that there's no darkness so people don't spill soup. That light is the Aragonas. That light is the light of Laila Kiyam Yair. That light is the light of Ba'ar Panecha. And we can bask in that light. That's the light that brings Shalom between people, that reveals the essence from within people, that enables them to bond together, not just in a technical way of, like they say, coexistence. Crazy, right? Coexist. I exist, you exist, we exist, co. That's not, that's not Shalom. That's not Shalom. You know, great conventions of nations getting together and signing papers. That's not shalim. Shalim comes from Shemayim. Shalim comes from two people holding hands, looking up. That's shalim. Shalim in a, in, a, in, a, in a house, in a marriage comes in direct accordance with how much of Hashem we're bringing into the relationship. We're bringing into our, to our, to our relationship. To the extent to which I don't have an ego and you don't have an ego. And we genuinely see ourselves as souls wandering through this world, not for this world where every stupid, petty, little, ridiculous thing makes me fly off the handle. I mean, I'm not here for this. I'm not here for me. I'm not here for other mazet. This is called peace. We're journeying together. We realize I have flaws. You have flaws. We're human beings. We're souls entrapped in bodies, and we're just trying to make it together. The ring that we put on the finger of our wives under the chuppah, Hariyat Mikudesh Asli, Eger says, what's a ring? A ring is the letter Samach. What's the letter Samach? Is the Pasuk, Soymech Hashem L'chol Hanayflin. Soymech Hashem L'chol Hanayflin. Mekadosh Baruch supports us. And what we're saying to our wives, hopefully, when we put that ring onto their finger, hopefully, and again, there are extreme situations, divorce, obviously, is a, is a big sugya. And there, are, there are, and there are situations where that has to be the eventuality for a healthy, a healthy life. But in a healthy relationship, what we mean to say is, we're here for each other 